We arrive together here, travellers on life's journey, seekers of meaning, of love, of healing, of justice, of truth. The journey is long and joy and woe accompany us at every step. None is born that does not die. None feels pleasure that does not also feel pain. The tear has not yet dried on the cheek before the sweet smile arises unbidden. Numerous are our origins, our paths and our destinations. And yet, happily, our ways have joined here today. Spirit of life and God of all love, may our joining be a blessing. May it bring comfort to those who are in pain May it bring hope to those who despair. May it bring peace to those who tremble in fear. May it bring wisdom and guidance for our journeys. And though this joining may only be for a moment in time, the moment is all we can ever be certain of. So may we embrace this and every instant of our lives. These opening words adapted uh, by some, from some by Andy Pakula, they welcome all those who've gathered here on Zoom this morning for our Sunday service. Welcome to regular members of the congregation, to friends and visitors who might be with us today, also to anyone who might be listening in via the podcast or catching up on YouTube later on. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Jane Blackall. I've been part of the congregation for 22 years. I'm a ministry coordinator and I'm a ministry student within weeks, honestly, just weeks of completing my training at Unitarian College. This morning's service is titled Words of Wisdom. I put out a call for congregation members to share their stories of times when someone offered a phrase or a sentence or two that really stayed with them. Some pearl of wisdom that brought insight, perhaps something that changed their whole way of looking at life and which they've carried with them ever since. Marianne and Charlotte kindly stepped up and we'll be hearing from them later in the service. I suspect this is a topic that we could return to endlessly though, so if you're inspired to share your own words of wisdom in a future service, please do get in touch with me later on. Before we go any further though, let us take a moment to make sure we've fully arrived. Do what you need to do to settle in. You might want to wiggle and stretch, scrunch up your shoulders and let them go, or perhaps take a conscious breath. Set aside, if you can, anything that you don't need to think about for the next hour. As John said, do feel free to turn your camera off if it makes it easier for you to focus. We like to see your lovely faces, but it is all right to lurk and it is all right to join in or not at whatever level that feels right for you for the rest of the hour. Whoever you are, however you are, whatever side you got out of bed this morning, you are welcome here just as you are. I'll light our chalice now, as we do each Sunday and at other times when we gather during the week. This simple ritual connects us with Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists the world over, 
and it reminds us of the proudly progressive religious tradition of which this gathering is part. We each bring our light to join the carnival of lamps. We come as individual souls to gather in community, finding our purpose in connection and in the sharing of wisdom, our freedom in the self-surrender and our oneness in diversity. Let's take a moment to think of those joys and concerns that we heard expressed and the ones that we know we're holding silently. Let's take those in a spirit of love and kindness into an extended time of prayer and reflection now. Again, you might want to adjust your position to get comfortable. Adopt a pose which is prayerful for you. You might want to close your eyes or soften your gaze whatever you need to do to get into the right state of body and mind for us to be fully present in this time and space with ourselves, each other, and that which is both within us and beyond us. Spirit of life, God of all love, in whom we live and move and have our being, as we turn our attention to the depths of this life, the cosmic mystery and wisdom that abides in all that is, we tune into your holy presence within us and amongst us. Each of us here gathered carries our own private griefs and burdens. Sometimes we can share these, and for the open hearts which respond, we are grateful. Sometimes the world bears heavily on us. We struggle alone, search the depths, long for healing, for renewed hope, for strength, which gives their grace and peace. Each of us here gathered know something of life's blessing too. So this bright morning, let us give thanks for all of nature's bounty. Let us give thanks for caring friends and compassionate neighbours. Let us give thanks for the communion of all those who seek to serve others. May we be strengthened in our efforts to be of service. And may we look good in our lives, whatever privilege and success and joy we have been blessed with. May our prayer be that we always see clearly and keep before us the commandment to care, striving always to be generous, inclusive and open. On this day and every day, may we give thanks but may we also be dissatisfied with the world as it is, for a new world, a realm of love, is still waiting to be realised. 
may our spirits and our bodies be nourished and nurtured as we give thanks in praise of all that sustains us, all that heals and holds us, all that is holy and good. And in a few quiet moments of reflection, let us each look back over the week just gone. And call to mind those challenging moments that we've lived through. This week may have brought difficulties for us, for our loved ones, for our community, for ordinary people the world over. Let us hold those struggles we call to mind in the light of compassion now. And let us also take a few moments to call to mind all the blessings that have come our way. This week may have offered moments of uplift and delight, of beauty and pleasure, or maybe just a little respite and relief. Let us take a few moments to give thanks for all that has been good. Spirit of life, God of all love, as this time of prayer draws to a close, we offer up our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears, our beauty and our brokenness. We call on you for insight, healing and renewal. As we look forward now to the coming week, help us to live well each day and be our best selves, using our unique gifts in the service of love, justice and peace. Amen. Time for us to sing together now. Our first hymn today is Those Who Seek Wisdom. It speaks of the way in which we seek wisdom to help us live well, to walk in the way of truth and courage as we weather life's many storms. The words will come up on screen for you to sing along with the Unitarian Music Society. We will try to keep you all muted. Uh, but if you don't fancy singing, as always, it is fine to just listen instead.
the gold stars and the bittersweet by Victoria Safford. This reading by Universalist Unitarian Minister Victoria Safford tells a story of some accidental words of wisdom. One afternoon, someone left a strange and beautiful message sellotaped to my office door. The author didn't even leave a name, though I knew who it was. Her message simply said, I forgot to tell you when we met this morning, there are little gold stars all amongst the bittersweet. It's all there mixed together. I had just met with this person who was not quite in a crisis, but dancing on the edge, talking and weeping and raging through one of those hard, hard moments that can last for weeks or months or years. It was painful stuff, faced with courage. Here, hours later, was this slightly mysterious, elegant message. And I thought how amazing it is that some people can render even the most desperate experience perfectly. And what a gift this is, this making of art out of ashes, and how rare. I was very moved. The next day, there came a second message from the same person on the church answering machine, slightly altering my view of things. It's me again, calling back about the stars and bittersweet. I forgot to tell you, I stuffed it all in bin bags and they're in the cupboard in the social hall. Those berries make a dreadful mess. Well, there's not much poetry in that. As it turns out, there were no metaphors at work at all. Before our appointment that morning, this person had been cleaning up after a church party for which the decorations had included branches of bittersweet cut from members' autumn's gardens and long strings of gold tinsel wire to which tiny metal stars were fixed. So it really was all rubbish. But I'm intrigued and by the language that can speak of bin bags, cupboards, golden stars and bittersweet and refer with equal accuracy to the very depths of human hope and suffering or to the details of a cleanup operation by the church committee. And I know that I'm called, as I expect we are all called, to places where the sacred and the ordinary are mixed up together, where work is prayer and prayer is song and songs are sacraments and sacraments are silent or spoken brokenly in messages we sometimes barely comprehend, in words we speak, in love to one another and to the golden stars. Thank you, Pat. I think I love that story of the accidental words of wisdom that we can find anywhere. So we're moving now into a time of meditation. I'm going to offer a few words based on a reflection by Kelly Murphy Mason on tuning in to the source of inner wisdom to which we all have access. These words will take us into a few minutes of shared stillness during which we'll have our virtual chalice on the screen and the silence will come to an end with some gentle piano music played by today's guest musician, Michaela Livadiotis. So let's each do again what we need to do to get comfortable. You might wanna get your feet flat on the floor to help ground and steady yourself. You might wanna close your eyes again. As I always say, these words, the music, the images, they are just an offering. Feel free to use this time to meditate in your own way 
go with your own leadings. So some words from Kelly Murphy Mason. In the unity of the spirit, in the sanctity of this gathering, let us quiet ourselves down as we settle into this meditative moment. This time when we can each listen to the still small voice within. All our souls speak to us if we trust ourselves to hear them. So what do they tell us this day, this season, as we tune in? Whether our innermost yearnings find voice in a sincere intention, a prayer, a fragment of text that is sacred to us or inspiring words remembered, maybe a profound lament or a sudden insight, let us honour what arises, whatever it is. Let us stay present to the wisdom that comes. Let us welcome whatever arrives, be it bidden or unbidden. Let us find rest in our calm centre, that secure core of our being, which houses our surest sense of the holy. Let us allow ourselves to know consolation. And let us grow mindful, ever mindful, not only of ourselves, but also of those dear to us, those here in our midst, those who are absent today, those held close in our memories, those in distant places, all those we've known, from whom we've gained wisdom, and with whom we've shared our own. knowing ourselves enfolded in loving kindness that is everywhere abiding. Let us enter into a time of sacred silence and stillness now.
When Jane asked me to write something about words of wisdom, I said no. Yes, no is my word of wisdom. No, such a tiny word, barely a word at all, rolls out so easily for some. For others, it can be the most resistant, obstinate word to usher out in any circumstances a mule of a word that simply won't come out without stirring up guilt or fear of rejection, fear of anger, fear of resentment, covert or overt retaliation even. By the way, have you noticed that in most languages it is also a two-letter word? No, it's clear, simple and takes no prisoners but it can harbour a variety of different intonations from no, 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 no. So make sure that your no is really a no. A very small incident in my professional life brought me the lesson I needed to explore the power of no. One of my assistants used to collect art exhibition catalogues and he had built a considerable library over the years. In those days there was no online shopping and postage was expensive for these costly, unnecessarily verbose catalogues. Between you and me, have you ever read one from beginning to end? Shortly after I joined my organisation, I had to go to Belgium to visit my family, who lived two hours away from Brussels. My assistant asked me whether I could bring him the catalogue of a Magritte exhibition, which was taking place at the time. As a newcomer and eager to please, I stopped in Brussels and purchased the catalogue. 
Somehow it even felt a bit mean to ask for the money. Although these catalogues, as you know, are not cheap. He was happy with his freebie, and so was I. Until history repeated itself a few times. Resentment started to build up, and when he asked me for the third time, I blurted out that it wasn't convenient because my family didn't even live in Brussels, and I wasn't even interested in that particular exhibition, and it meant having less time with my family, and it was expensive, and, and, and. What happened then was so simple, so direct, so true, that it left me speechless. He looked at me quite unfazed, and he just said, you can always say no. Of course I could, but why was it so difficult? There were no dire consequences to my saying no. In that instant, and my resentment dissipated. Of course, it's not always as simple as that. Some people just won't take no for an answer and will cajole or sulk or cry or threaten. And that's where our assertiveness skills come in. Acknowledging the other person's feelings in a supportive way whilst all the while holding like dear life to no. No can be softened or embellished. I do wish I could do this, but no, I cannot do this right now. Or, no, I'm not able to do this, but I hear what you say. I wish it could be otherwise, etc, etc. Indeed, saying no can be life-affirming for both parties. As a matter of fact, hearing no could be precisely what the other person needs. Who knows? People do what they can with what they have. Since I was little, I have struggled with rigid thinking. This is the correct way to do this. That is wrong. My way is the best way. I was often judgmental. Why does she have blue hair? That's weird. How does he not know the answer to this question? It's so easy. My mother was very helpful in fighting this way of thinking. And she taught me to be more open-minded about people's level of knowledge. I also don't care about hair colour anymore. She thought she wasn't a very clever person. I disagreed with that. But she knew that she had a lot of emotional intelligence. She was able to talk to anyone and she was loved everywhere she went. On the contrary, I was, and often still am, very uncomfortable in social situations and will make a lot of effort to blend in in group settings. For a long time, I had trouble communicating with my dad. We just did not get along. This was the subject of many conversations between my mom and me over the years. During one of these conversations, she told me people do what they can with what they have. 
And she said it many times again later on. People do what they can with what they have. It seems quite simple, but it has been difficult to apply to my relationship with my dad. He was not someone. He was my dad. And we know that parents are superhuman beings who never get anything wrong. Yet, I knew the facts. He grew up in a house where intellect was more valued than empathy. And he grew up without his father, who left when he was little. Never mind the facts, we still didn't get along. So, my mom repeated, people do what they can with what they have. It took a long time, more than a decade, for me to really understand it, intellectually and emotionally. So, people aren't perfect and don't communicate exactly the way I want them to. That's fine. I learned about the five languages of love and I've recognised that my dad and I show that we care in different ways. I can now receive his love in a more meaningful manner and express mine in a way that he will understand. And our relationship grows from it. This has affected positively my relationship with others as well. I don't assume the worst of people before even knowing them. For example, I was recommended an osteopath. From what I'd heard, she was good but unpleasant and a strange character all around. It turns out that she wasn't a cheerful person, but she was very kind to me. Life is hard. People try their best. And even so, it's worth remembering that sometimes we will need to remove ourselves from situation or relationship for our own safety or sanity. We owe it to each other to look at difficult situations or conflicts and try to see the best in people. Sometimes it's not enough and people fall short of our expectations. But we fall short of other people's expectations as well sometimes. Maybe we all learned from it and we gained tools and since we'll have more, we'll do better. Thanks so much to Charlotte and Marianne for your words of wisdom this morning. As I said, I think this is a theme we can definitely return to for another congregational service sometime in the months ahead. So please do get in touch if you think you might have something to contribute next time around. Time for one more chance to sing. Uh, the closing hymn is a bit of an old favourite. When our heart is in a holy place. Again, we'll try and make sure you're muted. Sing or listen as you'd prefer.
just a few announcements now. Uh, thanks to John for co-hosting today, for Pat for our reading, uh, to Michaela for our music and Abby for putting us in touch with her. Well, thanks to Marianne and to Charlotte for the reflections. As always, there are a number of opportunities to connect with the congregation in the week ahead. Coffee morning at 10.30 on Tuesday on Zoom. You can still sign up for Heart and Soul, our contemplative spiritual gathering at seven tonight on the theme of grace. If you've not been to Heart and Soul before, I'll just mention this is a session that usually asks, lasts for about an hour and a half with somewhere between eight to 15 people. And we have a very structured way of reflecting together on life, prayerfully sharing our gratitudes, our concerns and exploring a spiritual theme together. These are spaces for deep sharing about the things that matter most in life. And the regular participants often say they feel like family due to the deeper bonds that develop. So if you're a newcomer, that is a really good way to get to know people. And uh, yeah, I recommend it to you. I would. Another thing to mention is that we've just had a week of uh, National Unitarian Events, a virtual summer school, asking the question, why are we here? Uh, and listening to six differing perspectives on what our Unitarian mission should be in a world that's upturned by COVID, COVID and climate change and all the other challenges and injustices that we face. I am definitely biased on this, but I thought the talks were great and they're all up online on YouTube for you to watch at your leisure. The link was in the email that you got on Friday. We're going to follow this up with a series of online mini retreats to explore what these ideas might mean for us in practice if we were to take them seriously as congregations and respond even if, if it's only in a modest way to the world's great need. Uh, the first of these mini retreats will be coming up on Saturday the 25th of September from 2 to 5 so save the date if you'd like to come along and join in the conversation potentially with Unitarians from all over the country. We'll have virtual coffee time after the service if you'd like to so stick around for a chat and if you can bear it we always like to take a group photo after the closing music we'll be back on zoom again next week at 10 so tell your friends if you'd like to it's fine to share the link and feel free to drop us a line during the week to get in touch if you'd like to say hello this congregation very much has a life beyond sunday mornings and it's good to know that people are reaching out to each other with texts and emails and calls to keep in touch to show they care we do know it's a bit harder for newcomers to make connections during this time while we're mostly meeting online. So I do encourage you to drop in on some of our other activities where it's a bit easier to get to know us. So we've just got some closing words and closing music now. I invite you to share, look to switch to gallery view at this point so we can all see each other once again and get a sense of community as we close. If that which is most holy lies within the human person, and if the greatest power in the world shines flickering and uncertain from each individual heart, then let us dedicate ourselves to nurturing that light here in community. For the power of good in any one of us must at times waver. But when a group is dedicated to nurturing the power of good, it's rare for the light to grow dim in all of us at the same moment. So may we borrow courage and wisdom from one another. May our wisdom show itself in compassion and understanding. And may the fruits of the spirit be ever more apparent in our lives. As we part, may our sense of connection warm us and keep us until we are together again. May it be so for the greater good of all. Amen.